0: Or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our guest today. Joel Trammell is a serial entrepreneur and lifelong learner about building great organizations. His leadership has led to multiple successful exits and exceptional investor returns over his 30-year career. Trammell is the owner of Texas CEO Magazine, which reaches more than 10,000 CEOs across the great state of Texas, and he's a pioneer in the field of CEO education and training. After decades as a CEO, Joel identified a pervasive problem. Many of his fellow business leaders seriously lack the fundamental tools and education to make their companies truly great. He launched his website to provide the support and guidance his peers were lacking, and he also wrote a book titled The CEO Typewrote: How to Master the Balancing Act of a Successful CEO. I'm so thrilled to be speaking with Joel today. How are you? Excited to be with you, Ed. Fantastic, Joel. I did a yeoman's effort at introducing you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about you know, what you do and really what you're doing in the marketplace today.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I started my first company over 30 years ago and then became quickly unqualified to do anything else. So you better figure out a way to make it work. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to uh, have some some successes and, and really I am not the classic entrepreneur that started a business because I had a great idea. Uh, it was actually because I wanted to understand how organizations worked. My first job out of college was in the US Navy, one of the world's largest bureaucracies and I could see how that didn't work so well in many cases. And so I started reading and learning and and really was fascinated about uh, what it took to run a, a good organization and, and particularly at scale and was fortunate to marry the, the right woman who had some brilliant IP in the area of network management and built a company from zero to about 60 million in revenue and, and, and sold that. And that was really an opportunity to figure out how to run an organization and, and then got several other opportunities along the way. To do it as well, both privately and and run a public company as as well. And so in doing all that, I just realized that a lot of people have not had the experience. Most CEOs get very little training or, or thought around what they're doing. They just have been really good at their job and they've moved up in an organization and maybe they're a sales expert or a chief financial officer or something. And then they move into this CEO role and in a lot of cases, they just don't have the proper knowledge about what the job entails. And it's really a change in role going from a high level executive to CEO. It, I tell people it's like changing from baseball to basketball. It's 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 a different sport. And uh, it's not a case of the job so hard that, you know, only certain people can do it. It's just if you've never thought about playing basketball the first time you try it, you're not going to be very good at it. And uh, so that's what I spend most of my time doing is through various channels uh, through my website, joeltrammel.com, uh, through a, a CEO peer group called American CEO, and through a, a management training company and software company called MGR 360 to try to educate people on these concepts of how you make great organizations. Well, fantastic. And you know, I'm just wondering,
0: Joel, why is it that we don't have formal training programs for CEOs. It sounds so obvious, right, to take somebody and put them into the number one role in the organization. And in order to do that, you know, send them to Harvard or Yale or somewhere and say, hey, we're going to put you into a program to really ensure you maximize your impact. Any ideas or thoughts based on your experience as to why we don't do that
1: yeah, I, like you, I was surprised when I started writing my book, I thought I was going to do some research and find that Harvard had a system for being CEO and Stanford had a system for being CEO. And I was going to come in as the practical you know, person and say, well, those are too theoretical. Their system isn't right. Instead, what I found is nobody had a system. So, you know, tongue in cheek, I always tell people I've got the best system in the world for being CEO at scale just because I haven't read anybody else who really takes an approach of thinking about uh, the CEO job systematically, and maybe that's my training as an engineer, but but I, I need kind of the big picture context and how do all the piece, pieces fit together. So yeah, I, I you know that's one of my uh, still aspirations in life is to build a CEO school uh, where people can go and get this kind of experience because you know most people who get the CEO job have been incredibly successful. At every previous job, or they wouldn't be positioned to be getting the CEO job. But then they fail at a at a very high rate. I mean, you know, public company new CEO failures are probably in the fifty to seventy percent range. Well, you know, how are they so good at all their other jobs and then they fail at CEO? My argument is it's just because they don't understand the job, and so they have to do on the job training. And you know, if they get a little unlucky and the market turns against them, or they have a few bad quarters boards aren't very patient about how long they're willing to lo- wait before they make a move
0: well and when you think about creating a school for CEOs I would imagine one of the objections people might have is that functionally CEO roles vary based on organization one organization might be in uh, you know an IT organization another might be a, a law firm another might be a manufacturing and they're like Joel you don't know enough you know how do we go to school and You know, how do you help us in that area? And I'm just wondering what your experience might be about the commonality of CEOs that transcend the kind of functional work that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, managing a large group of people requires a certain set of skills and knowledge that is pretty much independent. I mean, I've worked with uh, nonprofits, uh, churches. I've worked with, uh, you know, private companies, high growth venture backed companies. I've worked with public companies. All of them have the same problem. We have a large group of people, uh, and we need to organize those people towards a mission and deliver high performance. And that is common uh, no matter what industry you're in. And, and a lot of people think the CEO needs to be the expert in the particular industry that they are in. And I say, you know, one of the analogies I use is coaching in the NFL. That's a, that's a, CF, a CEO type job, Right. And then I ask people, what position did Bill Belichick play in the NFL? And of course, the correct answer is Bill Belichick never played in the NFL. (laughs) And so you're telling me you can be the best coach of all time, at least arguably the best coach of all time, and not be an expert at any one position. Yes, absolutely you can, because those are very different roles. You have people on your staff who have expertise in the minutiae of a particular function. And Bill Belichick certainly has to understand football at a high level, but he does not have to be the expert in the room on every aspect of football, nor could he be the expert in the room on every aspect. And, And so the CEO can't be the expert on every piece of their, every functional piece of their business. It's just impossible. No one could have that level of training. So, it sounds as though
0: there, from your perspective, are commonalities that exist across roles, regardless of what organization you are supporting, that you need to have knowledge on and demonstrate in order to be successful.
1: That's exactly right. I, I divided it into five key responsibilities that the CEO has to uh, do and, and, and only the CEO can really do. And first, what I call own the vision. Uh, you have to be the owner of the vision. You don't have to necessarily cre- create all the strategy and mission and everything. You, can, you may use other people, but you have to own it, steward it, be able to communicate to everybody in the organization. You, as CEO, have to provide the right resources to the organization, typically human resources as well as capital uh, necessary. That, that's a key role of the CEO. You're responsible for the culture of the organization, you're both mom and dad of the family, or or the. I don't really like the family analogy for businesses. I, I think of businesses more as communities. So you're kind of the mayor of the community. Whatever you allow to to get by in the community is what's going to you know be the standard. And so you 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 know you bring the values uh, to that community and you set the bar. Uh, you have to make decisions. Uh, is the fourth one. Uh, And you have to teach the organization how to be a decision-making organization. Uh, It's very important. The most successful organizations are ones who are able to effectively push the decision-making down into the organization as well as possible. And so that decisions are made at the right level and not every decision has to move up into executive management or to, in worst case, the CEO to happen. You've taught the organization how to make the right decisions. And so finally, if you do all four of those things, then you can talk about the one thing that everybody agrees the CEO is responsible for, which is delivering performance. At the end of the day, there's a scorecard. Did we win? Did we lose? And everybody understands that. But if you don't understand the first four responsibilities, a lot of times it's very easy to skip to the fifth one. And it's kind of like telling a football team in the locker room, Hey, go win. And the right guard's going to look at you and go, coach, I don't know how to win. I know how to hit people. Who do you want me to hit? And so, of course, every football team has a detailed playbook that tells the right guard exactly who to hit on every play. And that's what every organization needs is a detailed playbook that says, here's how we're going to win in the marketplace so that every employee can see how they have an impact on that.
0: Well, when you think about the behavior of CEOs and organizations, Joel, I'm just curious, what about bravery? You know, where does bravery play a role? Is it uh, existent in the CEO world, which I believe that it is. But you know, what what do you think about when you think about bravery and CEOs?
1: Yeah, the two words that that always came to mind that I tried to to make sure people would identify with me were authentic and transparent, and and those two words, um, you know, to me, get to the heart of being brave in the workplace. Uh, being authentic and transparent is easy often when everything is going great, uh, when you're knocking it out of the park, when you're winning. Winning cures all all problems. But uh, when things are not going so well, uh, are you uh, can you still be authentic and transparent? Can you have the difficult conversations with people, whether that be employees or or the board, and and be clear about what's actually happening? And that's where most CEOs struggle. Things you know don't go well. And they're just unwilling and unable to have those authentic, transparent conversations that are necessary uh, to be successful.
0: Absolutely. A colleague of mine, and this goes back to when I first started my professional working career, used to say that anyone can manage when managing is easy. You know, when revenue's coming in and everything's working beautifully, you know, it feels easier for some reason. Uh, It's when, uh, things get tough. That true managers are born, right? Because that's when you have to make tough decisions and uh, uh, take direction that might be difficult to do. And it it sounds as though that's very consistent with your experience.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know the toughest day I had uh, in my CEO career, at least I thought it was going to be the toughest day, was uh, in September two thousand two. You know, we had come off 9-11. I had a company that sold software to Fortune 500 IT organizations. And so we were just kind of getting traction when September 11th hit. We spent the next year running around the country meeting with CIOs at Fortune 500 companies. I, I remember distinctly one CEO looked at me. He said, this is the best product I've ever seen from a startup. He said, if it costs $1, I can't buy it. Uh, and this is a fortune 500 CIO who had a, you know, billion dollar it budget. Uh, and so, you know, things just stopped. And so I went to a September, 2002 board meeting, uh, with the number one item on the agenda was, Hey guys, we got $3 million left in the bank. If it was my money, I'd take it and go home. Cause I think I've got the right team. I think I've got the right product, but I don't know how to solve this problem. This is, you know, just an unsolvable problem. And so I thought literally we were going to discuss that item. We were going to close the board books and I was going to spend the next six months shutting the company down. Fortunately, I had an investor, the, the weight investor that was sitting across the table and he looked at me and said, Joel, I've got a checkbook. If you need more money, let me know. I went, okay, uh, going on to item number two <laughs> on the agenda. Today.
0: <laughs> That's something everybody loves to hear.
1: Yes. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and it, it, but I was totally prepared and expected you know, uh, him to say, okay, you know, give us our $3 million and we'll, we'll go on about our business. Now, you know, the value that that had, uh, was however, now he was convinced that I was going to tell him the truth, whether the truth was, was good or bad. And so that, you know, built up incredible, uh, credibility with that investor. In and, uh, you know, we had some additional hard times, but we ended up being very, very successful that for that investor But I think gave him tremendous confidence that, you know, you can't solve all problems, but at least he knew where the company stood. Well, when you
0: think about uh, CEO leadership, and you mentioned two words, authentic, uh, authenticity and transparency, you know, I'm just wondering, what does authenticity look like to another person? So if I work for a CEO, and I believe that that CEO is authentic, you know, what am I seeing or experiencing that would lead me to come to that conclusion?
1: Yeah, so I think it's important to th- understand, So uh, as CEO, people watch you very, very closely. They pay attention to what you say. Uh, for a given employee, they may not have that many interactions with a given CEO, right? They may only see the CEO occasionally in the hall, or if it's a really big company, they may never see, see the CEO. So any interactions you have are going to be judged very critically. What did the CEO say? Did they appear to be engaged? Uh, and but we're used to judging people all the time as to their authenticity. All of us, when we meet people on the street, we're 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 getting a vibe about them. And so you know that the consistency of the CEO, you know, always shooting straight, never appearing to spin the message, you know, and trying to make it sound better than it is. Uh, is just critically important because the employees know. I mean, they know how things are going at their level. Uh, and so, you know, if you turn something that's bad into, oh, no, everything's really fine here, everything's really great, uh, it's very easy to lose your credibility and, and appear that you're constantly someone who spins the truth and is not authentic.
0: Yeah, I, I love that example, right? Because I can see CEOs that I've worked for, not directly, but were CEOs of an organization who kind of always had a positive spin, no matter what anybody was experiencing. (laughs) And there were others who had a way of describing reality, not negatively, but just that's what we experience and here's what we're doing. You know, they were very future focused, so they wouldn't get stuck in the current state, but talk about where we're moving and what we're doing. And quite frankly, those were leaders who people felt more comfortable following.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, telling people things are great when they know they're not, Uh, just destroys uh, any chance you have at leadership.
0: Well, Joel, it has been fantastic talking with you today. And thank you for sharing your observations about bravery as well as bravery as it relates to CEO-ship in uh, organizations around the globe. If folks wanted to reach out to you and talk more about the work that you're doing, how can they reach you?
1: Yeah, I love to hear from people. They can go to joeltrammel.com and uh, reach out and happy to have a conversation.
0: Great. And I hope they think about purchasing your book, The CEO Type wrote, How to Master the Balancing Act of a Successful CEO. I would imagine that's available on Amazon. That's correct. You can get it in all formats on Amazon. As everything is available on Amazon. <laughs> so no right. matter what it is, you can get it there. Joel, thanks again for your time today. Thank you. Good to be with you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week. We hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at thebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at capitrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success which is available in paperback, electronically, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.